0: Hi, I'm Megan Z, and welcome to Clinic Ally, the show where we talk about neurodivergence, counseling, and clinician perspectives. Our focus is how to support our loved ones and ourselves. Let's learn how to work together and be Clinic Allies. Hello, and welcome to Clinic Ally, the podcast brought to you by Silver Linings Neurodevelopment i am one of your hosts megan Zecker. i am a licensed and certified speech therapist and i have with me here my
1: co-host holly thanks megan for our audience i'm holly sharp i am the resident board certified behavior analyst and certified special educator here at silver linings we are really excited about today's episode we're going to be talking about autism and we have a special guest with us, Matthew, an adult that has been diagnosed with autism. Welcome, Matthew.
2: Hi everybody. I'm Matthew, and my credentials are that I have autism.
1: Perfect. You're perfect for this podcast. Extremely qualified. Yes really. I
2: have a certificate and everything.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some questions. We we kind of typed up some questions here, but if we get off topic, that's totally fine and natural. Um, My first question is, you know, Matthew, what is autism to you? And how do you experience autism?
2: I experience autism like a circular cage that's made of my own preferences and interests and sensitivities. And this cage restricts my ability to act outside of those limits. But I am capable of adjusting, like... Myself by grasping ropes that run through the bars. Mm. And those ropes are my relationships with other people. So I can pull myself towards other people, but I'm still restricted at any point along that path into how far outside of those limitations that I can go. For example, no matter how much I love someone, if I'm like close to a meltdown I'm just not going to be able to do them like a favor that they need yeah. no matter how my- badly I want to until I like you know manage that situation and feel better uh it also presents like a veil between myself and others because I lack intuitive body-based empathy so I don't have direct access to other people's emotions just by pure instinct uh so to combine those metaphors it's like i'm stuck in this cage and i have these ropes passing through but i also can't even see that other people are on the other ends of the ropes
0: Mm.
2: so i just have to have like it's basically a cognitive exercise of faith ultimately that i have to trust that there's someone on the other side of the rope that i'm pulling myself towards
0: i like how you said intuitive empathy I think a lot of people think that if you're on the spectrum, you just aren't empathetic, period. But that's not the case. It it is about the intuition. Also,
2: there's a difference between empathy and caring about people. Uh, Empathy is just the skill of, like, imagining what other people feel, which I can do manually just by thinking through all the information that I have about a person. But I have to do it manually, so it's very slow. But whether or not someone actually cares about what they imagine someone else feels, that's a different question entirely. For example, uh, what is it? Sociopaths are often, like, very good at empathy in the sense that they can understand what other people are feeling. They just don't care, and I don't want to make any, like, clinical claims in here, but at least the reputation is that they would, you know, just use that understanding of other people's emotions to their own advantage to manipulate them. I can't even do that. I'm, I'm, I like people too much. Yeah. I just don't have access to them.
1: Sure. I think you just dispelled a major myth of autism, that autistic people don't like other people or don't understand other people or don't want to be social and interact with other people.
2: Well, we should also specify that people in theory and people in practice are very different. <laughs>
0: Sure, sure. I feel like everyone can agree with that experience. <laughs> well, I,
2: I just, I just care about people, but sometimes it can be easier to care about people when most of my interaction with them is thinking about them rather than actually interacting with them.
1: Well, I get that. <laughs> um, you know, I,
0: I love your response to that. I, you know, I have another question. Um, kind of on here and some of these questions bounce around on topics so if you do have anything else to say on that we'd love to hear it Um, you know I think that actually ties in really well to one of my questions which is what is something you wish people would realize about you or the autistic experience
2: Um, I wish people would realize that it's impossible to expect us to conform to holistic standards And that generally autistic social standards are way simpler anyway. So it would be easier for everyone to just like lower the expectations to our level if it has to be either or.
0: And what is, tell people what autistic means because I don't, I know what that is. I'm sure Holly does too, but I don't think everybody knows what that, that means.
2: Uh, Well, autistic means having autism or having a brain that shows the characteristics of autism and allist is allistic is just the opposite of that someone whose brain is wired neurologically i'm doing air quotes with my fingers here uh normally that doesn't mean they're not neurodivergent either it just means non-autistic
1: that's a good clarification yeah allistic is just not autistic
2: correct they're they're, ju- they're just direct opposites
1: right So can you give us an example of a way that society in general could lower expectations for autists?
2: Uh, Like the expectation of eye contact. Like since I walked into this room, I've made very little eye contact with the people in it, but it hasn't hurt our interactions at all. Uh, In my case, I don't make eye contact because it's generally overwhelming, uh, unless I know the person really well. So... Not making eye contact helps me listen and process the audio that I'm hearing, especially because I tend to have sensory processing issues relating to things people say specifically.
1: Let's see, I have a follow-up question. Let me think about this. So expecting eye contact would be something that is just not totally necessary in to have a meaningful connection with an autistic person are there any other ready examples that you can share with our audience of ways that we could more closely examine the expectations we have and that they may not be necessary to connect with an autistic person
2: um well there's two ways you can think about that one is what do i do with a person who i know is autistic Versus, what do I do with people in general so that if I come across an autistic person, they're not uh, put upon?
1: That's a great differentiation.
2: In the former case, uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can read about, written by autistic people even, about how to interact with us. It's all over the web. Uh, What I'm more interested in in is societally just lowering the bar in general.
1: You know, something that comes to my mind, I don't know if this will will help you as you're thinking, um, is stimming. Oh, yes. Yeah, so most, most, most stimming or self-stimulation is not harmful, Right. Yeah. but I know allistic people who are not familiar with it or have never seen it or for whatever other reason... Uh, may be put off by it or startled by it or think, oh, you know, this shouldn't be going on, such as hand flapping or um, verbal self-stimulation, making repetitive noises or things like that. What Would that be a good example of something that we could just lower our standards on? Yes,
2: absolutely. Yes, Although it, it, it is kind of a running joke in society that people, like, uh, twitch their legs, you know, Uh, especially out of uh, nervous energy it's it's not like it's not like allists don't stim too it's just uh autists tend to do it more and uh if allowed to more obviously like people expect people to uh move their leg people don't expect people to flap their hands which is a even though the leg shaking is like infamously annoying people don't view it as weird the way they would hand flapping Uh, and when you think about it that's a really arbitrary distinction
0: yeah it is really yeah you pointing that out it is really like why would that be so different and it really is probably because people see it or do it more Um, I think I often I have ADHD my leg bounces sometimes when I'm trying to focus or if I have pent-up energy not because I'm feeling nervous but when people do come across me and they see me doing it, they think that I'm nervous immediately, because that's probably what they do when they're nervous. Um, so I kind of understand from that
1: and a little bit. which that's, that's funny in a way, because one of the re- or one of the difficulties between allistics and autistics is that allistics, or I'm sorry, autistics, uh tend to misunderstand or not understand the social behavior of others but in that example all us are misrep misunderstanding your behavior as well it's a little ironic it's a classic pointing a finger yes uh
2: that there's a name for that it's called the double empathy problem and yeah it goes both ways but frankly like i said earlier uh the autistic standards are lower, so I think it's a lot more reasonable to for everyone to meet us where we're at rather than constantly force us to strive upward where we just we just can't. That is outside of our general like ability over a lifetime and forcing us to meet it leads to meltdown and other mental health issues.
1: Right, and really, like you said, some of these things are just not necessary and shouldn't be a deal breaker with engaging or interacting with someone. I can't imagine a scenario where I would notice a person I'm interacting with, not making eye contact, and I would announce this is weird, and I'm done with this. I think I would just go with it and tolerate it. And that's something that we say usually every episode that let's default to kindness. Let's let people be who they are, especially if it's not hurting anyone. So hand flap. Let people hand flap. Let them bounce their leg. And something that I've talked about before uh, is being curious before we're judgmental. So Megan, I'm going to make a mental note when I see your leg bouncing, not to automatically assume that you're nervous. I'm going to be curious and ask you, what's up with the leg bounce today? Everything okay?
2: Don't wrap her wrist with a ruler. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, don't, don't uh, try to stop my stimming either, let's not. I
1: promise not to block your stimming. So, Matthew, what experiences have you had with professionals as being someone who is autistic? Professionals being someone who has, is knowledgeable about autism.
2: Well, to be frank, uh, present company accepted. I, I haven't had a whole lot of helpful interaction with professionals because the kind of help I need usually isn't dispensable by uh, the professionals that I've seen. Uh, personally, I'm in a situation where really, ultimately, what I need is a social security or social safety net, especially housing and uh, medication, because in addition to being uh, autistic, I'm type 1 diabetic. Meaning I rely on insulin to live, and that insulin has to be constantly refrigerated. And if I go without it for even a few days, or God forbid, weeks, I'm I'm dead, just flat out. There's nothing that can be done about that. Uh, and in my current state, I'm kind of unemployable. So because the only job I've ever had, I was fired for basically symptoms of my then undiagnosed autism, and. That was a customer facing retail role. Obviously, I'm unsuited to do that because of my social difficulties. But because of my diabetes, I'm also unable to do uh, grunt work that is just like unskilled labor in like a warehouse or something. Uh, The only thing I would be suited to do is some kind of office job, but obviously no one wants to give a person with no experience an office job. So I'm stuck and What i really need is for society to just give me the resources i need to live and then i can be a productive member of society i would love to contribute but it's not like uh you know the therapist who diagnosed me with depression or whatever is going to be like okay here's a house even you know even if they want to they don't have access to that bureaucracy my psychiatrist who recently diagnosed me with adhd Uh, that's a little more helpful in that she can get me the prescription for ADHD medication, but to get that medication, I still need money because it's not provided to me. So I'm either going to have to try to navigate the welfare bureaucracy, which is really difficult for me because I have ADHD, so there's a catch-22 paradox there, or I'm going to have to get a job. But I can't get a job because of my disabilities, and on top of those, my ADHD makes it really difficult for me to grind that out just to find... One opportunity. The institutions have basically completely failed me, and by extension, anyone who's in a similar situation to me.
1: That may be the first time that some of our listeners are even thinking about how complex this issue gets beyond just having a diagnosis or living daily with a condition, is just how far it goes in making your daily life more difficult can you give any employers who are listening all right matthew can you offer any employers guidance in employing autistic people
2: just let us get through the door in the first place stop having all these arbitrary uh requirements in your uh job listings like everyone at this point i'm sure knows the joke where the hiring people don't even actually have any idea what actually goes into the job they just make stuff up like however many years of experience with a certain thing so like there was a programmer who invented a programming language and then he applied for a job and was turned down because he didn't have six years of exp- or five years of experience in the programming language when he invented it two years ago that's just illustrative of like the the ridiculous backward that in general that's that's what can be done in society to help autistic people most is just reduce arbitrariness there's no reason that the hiring process has to be this difficult well there are political economic reasons but i'm not going to get into that on this podcast in particular
0: we appreciate that
2: <laughs> but if you happen to be a benevolent hiring manager who cares about this kind of thing then just cut out the bull nope just streamline the process and give people a chance to learn on the job
0: yeah absolutely and i think you know i want you to tell me if i'm wrong here so i have a friend who's on the spectrum her best setup for a job um right now has been working from home online oh
2: absolutely right
0: and so she that is like at her highest comfort level she can still interact and everything online without having to necessarily do face-to-face but it Ultimately came to the point where it was who you knew and Is that company willing to take a chance on you and you know, I've had some uh, Folks that I've done like social skills work specifically focusing on interview social skills Because Uh interviewing is a nightmare.
2: Oh Yeah, I didn't even get my initial job because I didn't smile enough in the interview and it was only the fact that my grandmother knew the manager there And she gave me an extra chance and then i was fired for the exact same reason i didn't pass the interview because i'm autistic
0: and those like requirements you know i i remember talking to my client and saying hey you know i think you should learn how to advocate for yourself being on the spectrum and the strengths that you bring to the job because i think when people think autism they just think of a series of weaknesses Mm -hmm. and that's not fair nor is it like a holistic look at you as a person being on the spectrum um or being autistic you know a lot of people in the autistic community don't really divorce their autism from themselves that's why they say autistic and not person with autism um because it's part of their identity it's part of who they are
2: for autist personally
0: there you go um and i remember telling my client well we need to teach you how to self-advocate and then i will we're still going to talk about that but i changed my mind on bringing it up in the interview because i'm worried that if he does bring it up in his interview that they're going to decide that that's not a good fit or they're going to... Um,
2: and even though that's technically illegal...
1: Right. They can say they, anything else yeah. and get them get him disqualified. My Okay, so my question in that scenario is what is better to mention your autism and be prepared to self-advocate or to take the chance that they notice you are different and not give them a good explanation or even an explanation at all and also be prepared to present them with all of the reasons that you could do well as an employee which is better
2: well you'll notice that i haven't managed to figure that out for myself yet so i can't exactly answer can i
0: i know so my my friend bounced around a couple jobs before she found one that really fit for her and um i think that for the most part, she, uh, didn't share. She didn't, you know, share until, I mean, she technically didn't know till her second job, but she didn't share that until something came up at work. And it was something that, you know, her autistic symptoms were essentially that was getting in the way of her doing what they quote unquote needed her to do. Um, and she had to express that to be like, give me a break, please. Like, and she, but then she felt pushed to do it. Uh, she felt like she was, she felt upset that she- That it was even to necessary. Break That yeah. she had to share that piece of information.
2: Yeah, sometimes I resent playing the autism card. Yeah. In air quotes uh, myself, because these are just accommodations that everyone should have. Like even holistic people would benefit from just having slack cut for them. It's not like uh, most jobs are particularly productive either, frankly. You know, everybody's just trying to- get by if you do too well supposedly i wouldn't know i've never gotten through the door (laughs) but i'm told that if you work too hard and set the standards too high then your fellow employees will despise you
0: i could see that i think it really probably depends on which environment you're in as well but i i just think the unfairness of like you said maybe being having to play that quote-unquote autism card Mm -hmm. And then after that, I think she felt immediately... Branded? Babied. Oh. Like, they immediately pulled back on everything that they had said. And it's not like she didn't want to break, it was... But there is a difference. Uh-huh. And I'm sure anyone on the spectrum can tell between being like, oh, now my needs are being respected and I'm being treated like a child now because I,
1: like, shared that I was autistic. Hopefully, one of the purposes of this podcast is to get word out about autism or other conditions so that the general population is more informed and doesn't have to jump to conclusions like coddling or babying or making unfair assumptions that just because of an autism diagnosis, a person is not a good potential employee. Hopefully this podcast is just going to provide information. And so maybe when that potential employer meets that potential employee and they hear the word autism or they recognize some characteristics, they may say to themselves, hey, there's something different going on here and I can roll with it because I know a little bit about this now.
2: Uh, To touch again on the subject of babying, uh, personally, it's not that I would mind being babied so much as I think every everyone should just be treated much more gently in society overall like why is everyone so mean to each other
0: fair oh. question fair question that's why we've been ending each episode with like please be kind yes <laughs> like default to we kindness. don't know either Um, you know kind of in contrast to that I also wanted to ask um, you know what things have teachers families friends or therapists done that made you feel more supported um you know i'm there are definitely things that anyone could do better absolutely what have they done that's like right or that you've seen for maybe friends um that have been helpful or actually beneficial to them
2: i rely a lot on my friends for support uh my family has not been stellar on this front to say the least still have people denying that I even have autism much less that I need you know supports and like I mentioned my therapists are pretty much powerless to get me the actual concrete material needs that I need met in order to be able to give back to society which I would like to reiterate I would like to do I have a lot of potential I, I could contribute a lot I just need the chance so To fill that gap, I have a lot of very high-quality friends whose generosity might eventually be the difference between life and death for me, depending on how things go with welfare.
1: You know, there's a misconception about autistics needing accommodations or benefiting from accommodations versus autistics just not trying hard enough.
2: Oh, don't get me started.
1: You know, I, but that's what—that's again.
2: that's Oh, the you're goal so of this smart, broadcast. but you just don't try. If you
1: just applied yourself, right? Oh, PTSD an autistic flashbacks. an autistic person is literally firing at all cylinders.
2: Yes, that's that's like the definition of our brain is that we have too many neuronal connections. At, well, you know, more than the average, uh, and the activity is accelerated that's part that's like part of the physiological definition of it
1: i think maybe what allistics here is oh i'm autistic i struggle in some areas i want you guys to cut me some slack so i don't have to work so hard
2: is that really such a bad thing though again why is everyone so mean
1: but i think in uh, realistically that's not even what you're saying which i agree that's not so bad I don't even think, though, that's is what is meant to be communicated. It's more like I have a neurological reason that all of these tasks that seem to come so easy for a large part of the population not only don't come easy to me, but I need extra help to achieve them.
0: You know, so a lot of it, as far as, like, I've seen, too, is the fact that it's not visible.
1: Yes. That people
0: have such a hard time with. So let me let me give you a little metaphor You've broken your leg, and there's an elevator that's out of order, and there's stairs. And you ask, can we fix the elevator, please? And they say, you can still go up the stairs, though. Only one leg is broken. You're just not trying Trying hard enough. (laughs) You're not trying to get up the stairs. You wouldn't be late if you just tried harder to get up the stairs despite the fact that your leg is broken
2: story of my life
0: yeah like do you feel like that's a fair metaphor oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and i also think a lot of people what happens is a lot of people push themselves so hard that when someone comes along and says no i actually need like assistance and accommodations they're like well why should you get them if i don't get them
2: oh yeah the the crab in a bucket thing is such a nightmare for people with disabilities because everyone's going to be disabled someday yeah You'll, you'll get old, your body will break down, and then what will you have? Oh, you worked so hard. Good for you. I hope I hope the economy didn't tank in the meantime and destroy all of your uh, assets before you could even use them.
0: And I think, too, like the assumption is that if I'm autistic and I ask for help, you don't need as much support. Therefore, suddenly I'm taking something away from you, or like I think that you don't need support. Most of the time, you don't care. It's just, no, yeah, I just need help.
1: I just need what I need. Yeah, it's not that deep. I just need what I need. Not because I'm lazy, because I legit need support in this area to do my best or to meet the expectations of a job.
2: There's a funny paradox with how standards are imposed on autistic people. Like, we're talking about how it's invisible, but it's not really. Like, you can see it in our behavior. There was a study that autistic people can detect autists from just still photos they don't detect that it's autism but they detect that something is weird something is off about this person and usually they don't like that but it was also found that no matter how hard we try to uh, pretend to be quote normal in interactions it's called masking we also couldn't pass the test no matter what so one why even try but two everyone always insists that we try anyway so there's this paradox where they want our disability to be invisible and then the less visible it is the more they downplay it but also if it's too visible then they just use that to reject you outright there's no winning
1: can you give us some examples of accommodations that would be helpful for autistics
2: oh yeah because we haven't even gotten to the point point where you actually get the job yet. You've
1: gotten the job. Now what do you ask your employer for so that you can perform your very best and meet expectations?
2: Okay, well, one thing is that, generally speaking, we don't do office politics. Don't expect office politics from us. We're not going to do it. We can't. And unfortunately, that also means we are less prone to getting uh, promoted, because a lot of times it's more about brown-nosing than about actual uh, ability to coordinate things and uh, subject matter expertise and meritocracy uh so exempt us from that i don't know how that would work uh, because it's so implicit Uh, but i know i've read lots of accounts from people whose bosses told them yeah you're not getting promoted because you're not nice enough or you're not uh if if you don't smile more we're gonna have to fire you or something like that just inane nonsense that, I mean talk about discouraging, like you run through the gauntlet just to get in the door and then you constantly have to keep reproving yourself when for something completely unrelated to the job at hand most of the time. Uh, I've noticed that autistic people seem to do better like in the trades and because frankly, concrete results are way more important in that field than whether or not the next cubicle over likes you. But an example of an industry where autistic social standards are actually the norm is information technology, computer science, because let's be honest here, this, the stereotype of the autistic computer nerd is true for a reason. Uh, and there, I mean, office politics are still a thing, obviously, but it is a lot more reportedly about results you can get. Uh, just your ability to do the actual job it's part of how silicon valley blew up it was built on the backs of autistic people basically so i don't know if you want if you if you're a business owner or a manager and you want the success of silicon valley hire autistic people because all we want to do is the task we don't want to bother with all the other stuff that actually drains productivity
0: give me the task let me do it Give me my space to do it. Give me, me enough
2: time to recharge after I've done it at home or whatever. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll keep being highly productive on my hours. I want to contribute. I want to be valuable to society.
0: Communicate clearly and we Oh good. yeah, clear
2: communication. That is another...
0: That's such theory. a loaded label anyway. Clear communication. It's,
2: it's such a, a big obvious thing that would benefit everyone though. Because yeah. the clearer your communication, the better business will be conducted. The more results you'll get. And in the case of autistic people, the better they'll work. Because if you expect an autistic person to pick up on all the nuances and hidden meanings and, like, double entendres that, that you're saying, it's it's not going to work out.
1: I mean, essentially, this is all boiling back down to let's get rid of what is just not necessary. Yeah,
2: but I, I struggle to, like, completely dismiss all those th- holistic things. Because, like, from an evolutionary psychology perspective, you can think of a reason that, like, paying attention to someone's eyes or something about their body language, yeah, sure, that's, that's, that could be very helpful. The problem is that we're running on two different standards here. It's, it's like two computer systems that can't talk to each other. One uh, computer protocol, I guess would be the word for it, is a lot more complex than the other. So in order to get them talking to each other, the obvious and sane thing is to simplify the bridge between them to match the simplicity of the more simple version, which would be autistic people in this case.
0: I think that was all well said. And honestly, like I think, let's be real. Society moves a lot slower than any computer protocol ever could. And the reality is a lot of these changes and the things that we're learning about, the things that um, we are trying to kind of put highlights on in the autistic community. They're all wonderful and they're still going to take time and that's really frustrating. Um you know, I if things moved faster, if people were a little more avid about their research and I don't just mean a google search, I mean like legitimate research, I think a lot of that stuff would be um you know, it would go a lot faster. But as, as we're going to have to wrap up here soon, which I hate. I feel like this is a really good conversation. I'm always I'm... down for a part 2. Hey, <laughs> I was about to say I hope you're hope you're willing to come back. Um I guess for my last question for today is um you know, what recommendations or thoughts do you have for others on the spectrum um who might be listening? For
2: others on the spectrum? Yeah. Uh you need to find your tribe. That's going to be your most important uh source of support at least in my experience especially if you find your family lacking. Uh, You need to find people who share similar interests and values to you. And the way I would go about that is by joining groups dedicated to those things, values and interests that you have. The less normy they are, the better, just to act as a filter to get (laughs) the people who probably aren't going to be compatible with you out of the way so you can uh invest your time more wisely more efficiently
1: can you give us an idea or maybe name a couple of platforms that our autistic listeners could search like
2: social media platforms sure uh there's a large autistic uh discourse i wouldn't exactly call it a community (laughs) it's a little too hostile for that i think uh a large autistic discourse going on on TikTok, but personally, I find it best to stay away from that. Uh, but by contrast, there is a network of networks called the Fediverse, where a lot of autistic people have gathered. Uh, you might have heard of Mastodon, the frankly Twitter clone uh, that people have been flocking to since Elon Musk has been wrecking Twitter. That is on the Fediverse, and. Uh, The way the Fediverse works is it lets multiple social media platforms talk to each other. So it would be like if you had a Facebook account and you could follow Twitter accounts and then see their tweets in your timeline. And there are all kinds of Fediverse platforms, uh, both clones of existing platforms and uh, entirely unique experiences to choose from, and uh, multiple communities of those platforms so that it's not all just run by one person there are many different mastodon servers they're called instances for example that are all dedicated to different things like one i know is dedicated to tabletop wargaming so everyone who has an account on that instance is into tabletop wargaming and if nothing else they know they always can talk to people in their little community about tabletop wargaming um
0: any Discord communities?
2: Uh, I'm not active. I
0: guess.
2: I'm not active in any Discord communities that are centered around autism, but I know they exist. Um, personally, I like the Fediverse because it's slow-paced, and it is much better faith than normal social media, partly due to that slow pace. People have the time to think about things and engage in good faith. and it's difficult to just stumble into content that you're not already looking for. So the people who talk about certain things tend to be people who want to talk about those things and not uh, say it's a trending hashtag or whatever.
1: Thank you. That is some great information for our listeners. If you want to get on the
2: Fediverse, you can go to the website fediverse.party and it'll list a bunch of Fediverse platforms that you can join.
1: Excellent. Well, like Megan said, as sad as we are to draw this episode to an end because it's fascinating. And Matthew, it's good to hear you're up for a part two. That may happen in the future. To
2: be continued.
1: We cannot learn enough about autism and how to coexist peacefully with other neurotypes. So, Megan, thanks so much for all of your excellent questions. And thank you both for the excellent conversation. We look forward to sharing our next Clinic Ally podcast episode and until then remember let's default to kindness to Lou Kangaroos